0: You gotta take this higher, you gotta kick this higher, hey, hey, take this higher, and on and on, I don't want to go in
1: alone, okay guys, we're back. I don't know if this is officially Top Ten Thursdays or not because we still have that plan of retiring Top Ten Thursdays, but instead we kind of retired from doing podcasts for a little bit, except for Rock Talk and Stream Police, which I'm not involved in. So, if you forgot who I am and the rest of us, we are Sean Lemmy,
2: John Otney,
3: Colin
0: Westman, Matt Carstens.
1: That's all. That's the whole list. We're we're all together again after months and months of not being together because. I wanted to talk about how shitty this year has been. Am I right?
3: Yeah, it hasn't been great so far. Is that really something you want to talk about? <laughs> I mean, I know we're going to talk about things we liked about this year, but you just you just want to dwell on the shittiness of this year?
1: Uh, basically, I'm going for that intro that I already used for my uh, Gundam Breaker 3 review where I... I Talk about how usually I'm like, oh, I can't believe we're already this far into the year, and but then this year it's like, fuck, fuck this year, <laughs> fuck everything about this year. I, I <laughs> can't believe this year's not over yet. It's been so painful.
3: Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that one. Um, in the general scope of things, but there've been, you know, good pieces of pop culture to enjoy this year. Exactly. So, so maybe it makes sense for us to dwell on those instead of getting caught up in all the madness. Still,
1: yeah, It's the only thing that makes it redeeming. Is being able to escape into fantasy worlds. <laughs> video games, music, TV, and film. And just get out while you still can. Well, I guess then, without much further ado, I will tell you that this is our Top Stuff of 2016 So Far episode. Uh, we do these, I think, most years, where uh, it's it's a good idea, we're six months into the year, about halfway through, to make a little list of the stuff we've liked so far, so that we have some recommendations out there. Uh, that aren't just at the end of the year because that always kind of sucks when you see these great lists of stuff at the end of the year and you're like, well, shit, why didn't you tell me about this closer to when it came out? Uh, and also to, uh, to give a little salute to stuff that'll probably be forgotten come end of the year top ten time. Uh, I'm looking at you, the grinder, on my TV list. <laughs> um, so, uh... We do this in the same order as our uh, end-of-the-year list, so the first category is also the shortest. It's video games! And the first video game I wanted to pay tribute to was Doom. What do you guys know about, like, Doom as a franchise? So like the what, what, one with the red cartridge? Yeah.
2: <laughs> I think that just sets it up pretty well, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, the first Doom was, like... It put first-person shooters on the map. And then Doom 2 was like, fine. And then Doom 3 was like, what if the graphics are so good? And it's like, so scary. Uh, But nobody was interested in that. And so there hasn't been a Doom game in like the better part of a decade. Uh, And then Bethesda bought id and... Uh, all these licenses, and I don't know how many people at it are still original Doom guys, I'm guessing probably not many uh, but these guys made a new Doom game and they fucking get it because instead of it being like a super serious horror game about hell being unleashed on Mars it's just like a really fun game with a sort of cheesy aesthetic uh, like it's obvious that like the game takes itself so seriously uh, for comedic effect and it's got like just like goofy soundtrack and the story's like dumb as hell and it's great. Uh, but the reason Doom's on this list is because it's probably like one of the best first person shooters you'll have played in a while, at least uh, of the single player variety. Uh, Because they make a bunch of smart gameplay decisions about uh, combat and making your character move fast and making you switch weapons and making you switch the way you fight goofy hell enemies uh, that have made this game really fun for me. So I'm giving it a recommendation.
0: When you play it, do you kind of keep one eye on the door so your mom doesn't walk in?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I don't have that problem, but I do like keep repeating footage of The Rock from the movie, just because I want to feel like The Rock as much as I can. (laughs) (laughs) Unrelated to the game. It's unrelated, but... (sighs) Anyway, the next on my list is Gundam Breaker 3, which is a game about building your dream Gundam.
0: Oh my god, did you, like, create this game? (laughs) 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 (laughs)
1: That's the thing, is like, whatever shortcomings the game has, I was always like, this is my ultimate fantasy. I cannot <laughs> hate this. Um, so in this game, you can get the legs, chest, arms, heads, backpacks, ranged weapons, uh, melee weapons, and shields of hundreds of mobile suits. Combine your favorite parts into your dream gundam. Paint it, pose it, take pictures of it, and then of course go and fight with it in these battle arenas. Um I so guess it's
0: just like arenas? It's like dog fighting for gundams.
1: It's not quite dog fighting, it's more
0: it's, it's like cockfighting. Yeah, <laughs> you're not trying to save it's, the day. It, it's like, like cockfighting
1: if everybody like released their chickens at the same time and then they just waited to see one survivor. Because uh, it's always you versus hundreds of enemies.
0: So you're not really like saving the day so much as you're just like pulling your dick out
1: and yeah. showing it
0: to everybody else. Robo dick. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's that's exactly it. Uh, and the game is easy enough that my dick clearly is the biggest and best dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no matter how I choose to build my Gundam, I'm always top dog. Uh, the story's like hella dumb because it's like it, you you play as like this unvoiced character who's friends with this little girl, and they're like, let's go become gunplay champions and. I don't know. There's, like, a space elevator. This is really stupid. And the other one had, like, kind of a serious story, so I don't know why they did this. But I just What do you mean sk-
3: space elevator? Like, an elevator <laughs> that goes from Earth up to, like, a space station? <laughs> yeah, elevator? so,
1: like, you're... You, like, represent this small, like, mom-and-pop Gundam model store, and you, like, go to, like, this regional tournament, and then it's, like, a national tournament, and then it's, like, a worldwide tournament, and then it's, like... Even bigger than the world. You take this space elevator up to the space station for the ultimate Gundam toy fight. Toy fight? Yeah.
2: I wish the customization was like building the models where you'd have to snap together the pieces and then you go to battle and it'd be like all shitty and the stickers would be peeling off. And Sean's brothers are about to tear him apart.
0: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> looming like the hyenas.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, if they really wanted to make it realistic.
3: remember Sean just had like a box of broken Gundam
0: parts lying around (laughs) like what if they did it kind of like you know you're playing the game and like everything Sean just said is still true but then there's also like this kind of Lego movie like take a step back you know and like it's a kid and he's got these two like shitty brothers and like some of the levels (laughs) you have to like beat them up (laughs)
1: <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be too real
3: yeah you just described a scene from Sean's childhood
0: <laughs> and then Sean gets in trouble, yeah. I, like I, would, trouble. I would play that game
1: <laughs> well we'll still have to wait for science to invent such technology but uh, also well, it Breaker sounds like 3. we
0: could get pretty close with the, the other stuff you got coming up here
1: Gundam Breaker 3 also available in English, which uh, is, a, is a nice change of pace for a Gundam game. Uh, third on my list was Overwatch, which is the new Blizzard game, so of course it's good because everybody loves Blizzard games. Uh, this one is a multiplayer first-person shooter, so it's a good companion piece to Doom, although Doom does have multiplayer. I've just never played it. Um, this is just it's kind of like Team Fortress I guess it's the easiest comparison in that it's a multiplayer shooter with a bunch of like really well drawn characters that you can play as like this has a cast of over 20 playable characters and I think everyone who plays pretty much immediately learns their names and their silhouettes and what their powers are because they've done a damn good job teaching you them Uh, but you just go around shooting each other for fun and there's objectives. It's just really fun. Everybody who's played it is like, damn. this is a fun game. Damn. I know John's been thinking about dipping his toes in the water.
2: I'll be too bad. I've never been good at a first person shooter in my life.
0: Yeah, it's
1: impossible. <laughs> <laughs> it's available on consoles. So, you know, you can play with a controller instead of mouse and keyboard. We'll see. Uh, let's just keep moving then. Uh, fourth on my list, uncharted 4. I did it, you guys. I f- uncharted for the fourth time. Uh, no spoilers, please. All I want to
2: know, and I don't think this is too much of a spoiler. Is there some sort of supernatural thing in any
1: part of the game? Not really. Uh, D minus. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All the other ones had one. That's what makes it like Indiana Jones
1: This one is like Indiana Jones In that it's a, it's a family affair this time
2: Really? I feel like it was a family affair last time Well like a friend affair But they're like family
1: <laughs> This one's like They're family But they're like friends <laughs>
2: Sean, so we all know about Uncharted um, What's the what's one of the Cooler set pieces in this game? I'm just curious, I'm sure you got a lot to talk so about
1: So one of the things in this game is You have a grappling hook now oh. Because grappling hooks are the new hotness In video games <laughs> <laughs> And nice. um, There's this scene where uh, You're escaping Through this town and uh, Oh and another thing you can do In this game is you can actually drive Cars now and so you drive through this town and you pretty much demolish it. It reminded me of uh, the, the big chase scene in Police Story 3, if anyone's seen that movie. Uh, where they're just barreling down this hill and just wrecking a village. Um, but eventually you catch up to your brother who's on a motorcycle and you're trying to help him. And you end up jumping off your car and grappling onto another car. And this sets up this crazy scene where you're, like, jumping between moving cars and, like, grappling to them and swinging around and smashing motorcycles into walls. They explode. Uh, It's amazing. I don't know how they did it. It's uh, it's maybe the best Uncharted. I really like that game more than I thought because I didn't think there needed to be another Uncharted game. But they proved me wrong. Last on my list was VR games. The virtual reality future has arrived. And I am in it. And I want to put it in the living room, make it a shared experience. But then Colin said he would hurt me if I put it in the living room. <laughs> so I've been doing VR privately in my bedroom. And How would he hurt you, Sean? You'd be in a different reality.
0: True. realities would collide so i want before i hear anything from sean i want to hear like why colin hates sean and everything he stands for <laughs> because i do, <laughs> do it
3: there, there, you, like, we can't explain that in just a few snippets that's a eh, whole why deep not? thing let's get into it let's get into it i don't know i just don't like that People are so obsessed with not living in the world. Even though, like, I get it, the world's a shitty place, but like, the world's you, a vampire. Aren't you gonna just like lose your humanity if you're just living in a virtual thing?
0: So, do you think Sean's living in a virtual thing? Not
3: yet, but he's on his way.
0: I'd say when he takes a shit wearing that helmet, <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna. That, that's the line. That's where yeah. I draw the line. Yeah. What
3: do you think he's like taking a shit in the game as well?
0: Yeah, oh for sure. Okay.
3: And he's well, like poop points. Poop but points. Is Get he your poop
1: points? <laughs> the game's so real.
3: Is he walking over to our toilet and taking a shit or is he just taking a shit in the <laughs> game? Not you even thinking hope so. about the fact <laughs> yeah. that he's taking a shit in his own pants. Cuz I think you're right. If that's the case, that is a good barometer where shot loses control
0: of himself <laughs> i mean let's just say like hopefully the he technology know gets where there he's to taking a shit. <laughs> hopefully the technology get like gets there to where like he can like the the computer can decipher what is and is not a toilet oh
1: my god so it's like the layout on the enterprise in the vr helmet but it actually matches the layout of our apartment
0: can you poop in the holodeck
1: Oh a, well, yeah. Because uh, isn't there some theory that most of what they're eating in Star Trek is shit? Because they have the uh, the replicator, <laughs> and, and nice. they need mass for the replicator. Yeah, that's a good point.
0: Eating oh, shit. Gross. Okay, so uh, yes. Yeah, so, but I mean, like, but but back to Colin. Like, you know what? What about just as like another video game? Like, it's just a video game. What's the big deal? It's not like he's playing Second Life.
3: Yeah, but I feel like at a certain point, things might start to blur. I don't know. I mean, the real question I have asked Sean a couple times is if he's gotten to shoot a person in the virtual reality thing because I feel like that would feel very strange because I put the VR thing on and it does feel, you know, more immersive and more sort of real than the
1: yeah.
3: actual video game so it does feel, you know, like you're kind of experiencing these things you're seeing in front of you yeah. and so if you shoot a person are you going to have that feeling of like uh, I actually killed someone and, like, you'll be questioning did I enjoy that or not? <laughs> And that's a scary place to be, I think.
1: Yeah. So what do you think, Sean? Uh, limits exist to be tested. Hmm. I think... Uh, I don't think I have to shoot a man. I think I have to cut a man into pieces. Bury the body. <laughs> Let me tell you what I've been playing in VR. There's a game... There you go. There's a...
3: I mean, it sounds like you haven't been really... Sh- that
1: there's a game called audio shield uh which is is probably my go-to vr game and in that game you're standing in these giant arenas and you have these two shields one on each hand and uh this is by the audio surf guy so you you feed it any mp3 you have and uh It turns the mp3 into these orbs that fly at you according to the beat of the song and you punch the orbs with your shields to the beat that's it it's not a very advanced game but because you feel like you're in a giant arena it's pretty cool and you like moving around and stuff so it's like it's basically exercise it's like basically going to the gym
0: basically
1: uh, there's a game called the Brookhaven experiment which I made uh, I think John and Paul play a little bit of where you're like you just stand there and you got a flashlight and you got a gun and zombies are running at you super it hard scary, scary. you gotta shoot them and they could be anywhere they could even be behind I just you
2: want to run <laughs> so that's not not there yet
1: not there yet
2: what if you got in a giant hamster
0: ball you think that would work? So yeah, you Maybe. can't like you can't walk around. No, you're just standing in all these games. Yeah, yeah uh, like I, I put on one of the ones that's like just comes with a phone. Mm-hmm. And basically, it was just all about moving your head around. Yeah, that's that's for that I am too. Um, just better graphics with
1: the with the the headset I have. You can set it up so you can create like a little square of space that you can move around in. Um, but I don't have quite enough space in my bedroom to do that. Um, so are you just yeah.
0: holding a controller then? Yeah, How I'm, do do I'm just
1: standing there with these two custom motion controllers, and it will, you know, I can duck and, and look around, turn around and stuff, but I can't can't really run around. And so the way a lot of games okay. have solved that is with a, like a teleport thing, where you just point where you want to go and you zap over there.
2: Okay. Can't they just put down like a Dance Dance Revolution pad? Uh?
1: There, sure. I mean, I you. I've seen that somebody has put out like a treadmill that you like strap yourself into and you can walk in any direction. (laughs) It looks ridiculous, but I'm not there yet. Sounds like fun. We'll all be there yet. So you don't
2: really have be there at some
1: uh, point.
0: Are there any other games that you're kind of curious about?
1: Yeah, the Steam sale is going on right now, and so I've got some, some stuff on my list that I'm thinking of picking up. Uh,. Like, there's a few, like, target shooting games. Uh, like, Space Pirate Trainer. <laughs> Sounds fun. Where you're just, uh, standing on, like, a rooftop or something. And you're shooting at these drones with a laser gun. Um, there's been some spaceship games that I've been playing. Like, uh, The House of the Dying Sun. And Elite Dangerous. Which, you know, you're just flying around on a spaceship. It's super cool.
0: What about that one I saw? It was, like, uh... Like you're like an astronaut.
1: Oh, a drift? Yeah. It's like a gravity, but yeah. VR. So this, this you've hit upon the big controversy of VR. Nice. Uh, I was looking for the correctors. I I think this is one of, you found it. Uh, I think this is one of, it might actually not be one, uh, but uh, there are some VR games that are exclusive to the Oculus Rift, the Facebook oh, one. Oh, gotcha. Uh. And Oculus has been very strict about not letting other VR headsets play their games.
0: Which one do you have?
1: The other one. The HTC? The HTC Vive. Okay. Um, and hopefully that'll change. Uh, but yeah, the reason... I originally ordered a Oculus Rift and then Facebook was kind of not handling shit well. Something you might forget. Years down the road is that early adopting a virtual reality headset sucked because of shipping delays where like I ordered within the first six minutes of Oculus Rifts being for sale and they pushed back my delivery date like three months. And then it sounds like they probably wouldn't have even met that. And so I just cancelled bought the other one.
2: Has anyone made any sex games yet? Oh yeah. Like like <laughs> Like Masturbator in
1: Commander? The, well, I mean... Why would all... you make
3: a sex game where you're just masturbating?
1: You can do that yourself. But, like, you with a deal. big audience.
3: She'd say, <laughs> <do you masturbating laughs> on stage. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody loves it. You gotta get the right moves, you
2: know? It's like... Oh,
0: yeah. You're, like, in an arena, and, like, the beat of the music is, like... <laughs> <laughs> you
2: be... It's like how they have that puppetry of the penis Oh, thing. my God, yeah. You puppetry of that? the penis
0: simulator. But... <laughs> Yeah, I I'm sure you could combine this with your Gundam game somehow.
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> the dream. Choo choo choo. A lot of the uh the sex games you see posted are like have sex with this anime character or this uh, Ugh, video. Yeah, game of course character. they are <laughs> What a bummer. Damn. Speaking of bummers, you wanna go on to music?
3: Sure. <laughs> I wasn't really sure what to choose for, for these albums to talk about because I kind of already recommended some over on Rock Talk. And I talked about Car Seat Headrest a little bit, but uh, this is probably my favorite album of the year. I've been listening to it a lot, and I really love the fact that it, there is a lot of it to listen to. It's like 70 minutes long, and I feel like every indie rock album I hear nowadays is like, not even a half hour long. They're all like 28 minutes <laughs> these days, and uh, I like the fact that uh, you get to hear this this guy Will Toledo is a really great songwriter, just kind of unleashing all these different ideas. And his lyrics are great, and the songs rock. And uh, you know, there's nothing really like innovative or new about it musically. It's it's very kind of steeped in 90s indie guitar <laughs> rock, but um doesn't mean it's not good.
1: I'm telling you, Colin, if you like Teens of Nile, you have to check out Not A Surf.
3: You've told me that before. I'll get around to it. It's just, Not A Surf always seemed like one of those bands I'm like, is it is it worth checking them out? Nobody really talks about them anymore.
1: Not A Surf. Like, I don't... I don't know what it is, but, like, they keep going, and they keep putting... They put out an album this year, and it's, like, pretty good. Like, they're... You know, they're, like, what I wish the Flaming Lips were. They just like, they found their sound, and like, oh, let's just keep doing it, and change it up a little bit, put an album out every once in a while, instead of, like, we're gonna put a human skull... Out.
3: made out of jello weed <laughs>
1: I'll put a USB stick somewhere in there and that's the only way you can hear this music
3: and it's also made out of
1: weed <laughs> it's only $4,000 NBD so <laughs> that was Car Seat Headdress Teens of Denial what about Chance the Rapper coloring book
3: uh yeah, I haven't gotten to talk about this one yet on a podcast because it's a Don Rock album. It's like R and B slash hip hop, and I haven't like listened to it that much. But what I have is uh, it's been good. I feel like it's an album we need right now. It came out like a month or two ago, and it's it's very very positive, full of happy vibes. I'm I'm digging it. Uh, you want to talk about an album that has kind of the opposite vibe of that? Probably? I don't even know. I haven't listened to it yet. Uh, sorry.
1: Why haven't you listened to Black Star by David Bowie? I've,
3: I've told you this many times. I want to buy it on vinyl, but it's like $30. And that's a lot. And I haven't been able to commit to it. Also, it's the fact that I know it's going to be probably kind of a heavy listen, because it's an album that David Bowie released the weekend that he died and i kind of assume recorded knowing that it would probably be the last album he r- would record before he died so uh, i'm sure <laughs> it's kind of kind of a rough listen but I- i've heard good things
1: i mean it was a few weeks before he passed away
3: no it wasn't but, it was released the friday oh uh, and he died on the sunday
1: maybe i'm what's the I feel like the music video then was like a little bit, wasn't it? Was there no gap? Was there I not? Feel like there was,
3: I feel like there's. I feel like there's basically no gap. Uh. Like the dude went out, knowing what he was doing. Like that's insane that <laughs> that happened, though. But he was David Bowie, man. Okay, he died January tenth. The album came out January eighth. His birthday. On his birthday, yes. His final birthday. Man. It is, uh...
1: It's not an upbeat album. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's pretty dark. Um, but it's also pretty good. Uh, sort of uh, in line with the... Kind of the the Berlin period Bowie. Uh, with, a, with a mix of... Kind of his later trend toward technology music um a few like really beautiful songs and then a few ones that you're like alright that's good uh and yeah it's going to forever be linked with his death but it's called Lazarus so he knows what he's doing miss that guy yeah
3: um another artist that kind of reminds me of the other big celebrity death, uh, which was Prince, oh. and I kind of... thought you were going with Alan Rickman. No, that's right, he died. That's too bad. But uh, I remember looked, seeing an interview, a late interview that Prince did on the newer version of the Arsenio Hall show, where he was like talking about how he's friends with Esperanza Spaulding who put out an album called Emily's d evolution d plus evolution i don't know but it's it's pretty cool i can tell why she would be friends with prince because she is kind of like a musical prodigy type person um her background seems to be in jazz but and and this has that kind of jazz flavor but it's almost like a fusion slash funk thing and it's not Really, a kind of sound I'm usually looking for in my newer music, but I uh, I got into it. And I hadn't been listening to it for a while, but I listened to it yesterday. And I was like, "No, nah, this is this is pretty cool." All right. What about uh, M83? They had a new album that I didn't listen to. I'm not sure because I I heard it like I feel like people weren't that into it. <laughs> I, th- but I think
1: M83 is a he, not a they.
3: Yeah, it's but it not... kind of like just that one guy. I mean, there are a lot of bands like that. Where <laughs> it's just like, is it a he or a they? I don't yeah. know. It's a guy, but he calls himself this one moniker,
1: so I don't know. Makes it confusing. Yeah, yeah. Junk uh, is pretty different from his last album, which was a double album of... Like consistently in one genre, basically with one sound, there was a good sound. People liked that sound. I mean that that Midnight City song was on the radio forever. It's probably still on the radio. Um, of course, I'm always gonna think about the YouTube version of that, where it's footage of Bill Clinton on the original Arsenio Hall show, <laughs> it's set to the the sax part in that song. It's pretty sweet. Makes me very happy to watch that YouTube video. Um, glad to cover both sides of Arsenio. Screw. I, I did
3: not know we get so much Arsenio <laughs> talk on this podcast.
1: Um, but junk is a hodgepodge of different genres. Like, there's some disco stuff. There's some more modern synth stuff. Um, and I think for that reason, it's you know, instead of it being one thing that you can just like get into, you got kind of work for it. And remember, like, oh, this one's gonna be like this. This one's gonna be like that. Uh, and it's got like a really derpy-looking album cover. I understand why people don't like this one as much, but it's pretty much been my go-to album this year, and I think it's real good. So, y- you won't like it, Colin. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, do, I don't know.
3: I haven't really tried that hard to get into M83. What I've heard, I'm like, this is fine, but it's not really my thing. I'd be, I'd be open. To maybe listening to more of his stuff, but.
1: John. I know you don't like electronic music, but he, he sings, so it's not it's not Apex Twin. I'm aware of what M83
2: is, Sean. That's a different thing. I'm talking about like that's like weird techno shit. I know M83. Are, are they the whoop 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 whoop? Yeah. So well, it's like yeah. Uh, ooh, ooh, uh, uh. I saw one where is SpongeBob singing it. It
1: was like a remix. Wow that's a pretty huge get for m83 like you remember that episode
2: where spongebob's like stepping on the beach do-do-do-do-do. No. <laughs> you don't remember an episode of spongebob from 16 years ago <laughs> come on sean it's one of his it's a memorable moment well there's a rich meme universe out there check it out it's like 90s kids am i right yeah right yeah like, you wouldn't even know if you was your 90s
3: uh, anyways, a band that was pretty great in the 90s was Radiohead, and they came out with a new album. Are you
1: implying they're not great anymore, Colin?
0: <laughs>
3: no. I I guess I should have said they're pretty great in the 90s, and they're pretty great in the 2000s. And then, they're pretty good now, too. They released, like, one okay album in 2011, which is Kegel So I was like, are they done being great? maybe, but then they came out with this one, and it's it's pretty good. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's an album that maybe didn't come out at the right time of year. It's a very cold, sort of introverted album. Maybe maybe it'll be better for the winter months, but... It was nice having that week or two when it came out, and just like immersing myself in this thing, which I haven't had to do with a Radiohead album in a while, but kind of a band that forces you to do that
1: I think that was the week where I was out of town right So you're just like a lonely boy listed to the radiohead
3: yeah well <laughs> starting a new job for the first time. the
1: only living boy in Seattle <laughs>
3: mm-hmm sitting on the bus listening to Radiohead
2: No Shawns to be seen. I feel like it kind of blurs together near the end, it's a little too mellow for me. Oh, it's... I, can I love that. mellow.
3: It, it's, it's definitely pretty mellow. But some
2: of those mellow songs are really good, like Daydreaming is really good. It's like six minutes, but it really flies by.
1: Yeah, this is a good year for long songs. I was focusing on stuff like that new Shearwater album, because like, what the fuck, Shearwater? Who are they? They've been around for like 15 years
3: like Shearwater. Is that that band from Almost Famous? Yeah!
1: We <laughs> <I> even <know.
3: laughs> What's the name of that band? It's like Stillwater.
1: I think anyway. that's right. Stillwater. It's, it's
3: pretty close. I believe I've
1: got a Stillwater CD in my copy of Almost Famous. Nice. Pump that shit <laughs> up. <laughs> uh, but, here's what I know about Shearwater. They have been a band since like the late 90s. They switched to Sub Pop like, four years ago. And then, like, their 15th album is the one I listen to. It's called Jet Plane and Oxbow. And it's, like, super mellow. But not Radiohead mellow. More, like, like t- echoey. Like, just listen to the sounds vibrate.
3: Taking a bottle of NyQuil and then trying to drive. <laughs> yeah! Yeah!
1: <laughs> Like, this is dangerous, but it's also cool.
3: <laughs> okay, well, someone who's not really cool or dangerous at this point is Paul Simon. He had a new ah, album. Ah,
1: Simon Powell. Oh, yes. The
0: human equivalent of NyQuil. <laughs>
3: so
0: so before I heard- you guys talk about this, I'll, I'll just tell my little story.
1: Okay. Good. I, Let's hear I it. I don't
0: remember I think it Does was this on... have to do what we're talking about. Is this is the right is time for
1: his story, no matter what it is.
0: <laughs> this is my Paul Simon story. <laughs> okay, go ahead. So like this is like last night or the night before, I think the night before. I heard him on NPR and it was like NPR's Canadian show. Oh. And he's all like You know humans, man. Humans are like fucking up the world. Mm. Mm. And like He said, do you think if the humans were gone, a zebra would cry one zebra tear? (laughs) I'm like, no. Like, a zebra would just be freaking out about lions eating it. You know? Like, what the fuck does a zebra care? He's just pissing me off. You know? It's like... How do the humans leave? He's just saying, like... What the hell do zebras care about humans, I guess. Demons leave for the virtual it's a, reality. It's just like you're a rich singer-songwriter, so stop complaining. You know. Is he saying we should kill the zebras? <laughs> <I> was, <it laughs> they don't
3: give a fuck! <laughs> Eat their sweet
0: zebra meat. Yeah, we should. They don't zebra care. Alright.
1: Now the great thing about zebra meat is that every single <laughs> slice of it is a little bit of light meat and a little bit of dark meat.
0: Nice
2: paul Simon's stranger to stranger is his latest solo album that is more experimental than anything he's done in a while at least from what i hear i haven't heard his last couple of albums but i hear people are like they're actually like good but i'm like no they're not they're for old people (laughs) (laughs) and this one is for old people too but i do like the weird like experimental instruments like a, a, a recurring thing on this album is um there's like this music theorist named Harry Parch who, like, I'm not sure when, it may have been like the 50s, 60s, made all these weird, bizarre instruments. Something called like the Chrome, chrome Lodeon and all these other weird little sound effect things. Zoomazoo
1: phone. You know, weird Dr. Seuss <laughs> instruments. Care. Just because you invent an instrument doesn't mean you have to give it a dumb name, right? <laughs> a Zoom-a-Zoom-a-Zoom-a-phone. But Paul Simon uses a lot of those on here, and they're really cool sounding. They're
2: kind of like a little electronic. Some of them are hit weird notes. He also collaborated with some electronic artist. I can't remember his name. But it don't worry. It's not like weird, like... Skrillex. Like dubstep drops. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like that. It's, it's way more mellow. I mean, I don't think Paul Simon does anything but mellow. And oh it's, God. like, cool. There's, like, a lot of interesting percussive stuff. Um, one song that I like, but it's definitely really cheesy, is "Wristband," um, where it's like you have to have a wristband to get backstage at a show, and it's like it's really cheesy. Yeah, I saw this live performance where he was doing it, and there's like all this polite laughter from the audience, like it
1: was so satirical. Is like, that really about wasn't. Birdman? Because that's all I could think about was like the getting locked out <laughs> and having to go back around. I guess it's just an experience, I guess. Lots of musicians have had. Got to have a wristband, my man. How many people that that look exactly like Paul Simon come to Paul Simon concerts? Yeah, he's like
2: four foot one, you know, have a little guitar strapped to him.
1: Maybe there are a bunch of little guys that are like, oh, he's just like me.
0: I'm sure there's a lot, a lot of like security people at arenas and stuff that don't give a shit about Paul Simon. (laughs) They have no idea. He just looks like a weird little guy.
1: (laughs) They're not very good at their jobs then.
0: Yeah, they are. They're keeping – he doesn't have a goddamn (laughs) wristband. He ain't getting in the door.
1: Yeah, this isn't the White House, man.
0: Yeah, Uh, man, you need a wristband.
2: You know, mellow, cool songs. Paul Simon's got his longtime producer, Roy Halley, but he had to teach him how to use Pro Tools because he didn't know how. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, his most convincing use of the F word. Never been convincing when Paul Simon says the F word. You mean friendship? What else has he used, the F word? He's used it one or two other times. Okay. He used it. He uses it pretty convincingly on this album. <laughs> he leads it. He's pissed. This he meant it.
1: Me and and it's like.
2: Man, I can't remember. I feel like it wasn't that long. It just kind of flew by. Mm-hmm. It, was, it, was, it was pretty good.
1: I guess maybe I'll check out his other one
2: but I don't know
1: we're so old we love mellow breezy music now it's old people talk and and the F word oh, <laughs> my! <laughs> <laughs> last on this list tween by Y-Oak you guys love Y-Oak as much as I do so I don't need to explain oh, you know. much about their beautiful lush sound so I'll just say they did that cool Beach House thing this year where they were like, check it out. We have a bunch of songs we had not used yet. So, album, it's out now. And it was. They said that on Twitter, and then I went on iTunes, and I had it. And I double-clicked it, and I listened to it, and I was like, this is pretty good. I gave some of those songs the Little Hearts that are in iTunes now, if you guys use iTunes.
3: I've been I've been trying out Apple Music since there's a three month uh, trial thing that you can mm-hmm. do. It's all right.
1: I think we're about to start paying for Apple Music because I'm in the the iTunes or the Apple i family, whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. And so we've been daisy chaining trials. Like I did a three month trial, and then Kevin <laughs> did a three month trial, and my dad did a three month trial.
3: It's like eight bucks a month. That's bad. <laughs> I was paying
1: way more for RDO, but it's been fun to just chain these trials. Tween! Is good.
3: Yeah, I listened to one Wyoek album <laughs> a while ago. Like, Civilian, maybe? That the name yeah, of that? that's one. Yeah, that was, that was good, but I was like, I get... I get These guys deal I don't need to listen to any more of their stuff
1: Yeah that's that's
3: Yeah they're fine Okay I I get it Doesn't mean I have to like it
1: a lot I think that's The Colin equivalent of like It is what it is Just like I I get it (laughs) Really dismissive
3: at least at least I put in the effort, though, to listen to it.
1: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and we all put in the effort I to watch man. The Americans. And by all, I just mean you and me.
0: So I got mm-hmm. one more music. I was <gasps> curious if, if you guys... Really, I think the only new album I listened to in 2016... M. Ward? No. Can you guys I I, guess? Yeah. Tegan and Sarah? No. Actually, I haven't no? listened to that. <laughs> Cause, like, Dr. Dog? That's surprising. I, no this is gonna be like way out of uh, it's like a deep cut
3: is it that album that Nico Case did with Laura Veers and Katie Lang
0: wow I need to listen to that mm. <laughs> I have not been like you know in touch with music, with music. <laughs> but um the Monkey's new album <laughs> ah. did anyone listen to any of that this is the. I just listened. The one,
1: they had like a bunch of guest artists, right? On like every song.
0: Yeah, well, basically, like you know, the guest artist wrote all the songs. Uh, it was like it was like pretty, like, like, at least like the single, like Rivers Cuomo wrote it, and it's mm-hmm. like, I'm, like I love it. It's like super catchy. <laughs> basically, like the whole album is exactly like a monkeys album. Like, there's like. Four songs that are really good, really catchy, written by, like, one of them is written by Neil Diamond, well, you know, Ben Gibbard, Rivers Cuomo. Like, they, they, they really embraced, like, okay, we're the monkeys. What about not. that
3: guy from the Decembrists? Did they just get all the guys with glasses?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that look? Pretty much. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, like, you know, and you could definitely tell the songs that r- they wrote, like... They're not bad, but they're just like, who gives a shit? Like, these aren't, like, this is just like weird, twangy bullshit. Um, but man, that's single. Their single is like, it's like super catchy. And then I watched uh, an appearance of, you know, it's just two of them. It's just Mickey Dolan's and, and uh, oh, we're talking about the monkey's album? Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, I went away because I had to go clean some puke from my cat. <laughs> Did you
0: did you listen to it at all, John? <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> what would you think? Oh yeah, I didn't hear what your opinion is. So I don't know if oh. you like it or if you think it's well. I just I just
0: I, I thought like you know, I thought it was like any other monkeys album. Like there's like four good songs and the rest are kind of lame. But like I I, li- right. I, li- I liked the good song. I liked the single and I liked the Ben Gibbard song and I thought it was. I think they're they're good, but
2: it just with like the modern technology and their current sounds. Like, that's why my favorite song on the album was like the Davy Jones track. That's like all old and shit. Yeah. They should just uh, made them sound old, like Doctor Dog albums.
0: Yeah, yeah. They, 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 they sound too polished. Yeah, that's true. But I, I feel like they 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 kind of went for the sound digitally. It sounds like the that
2: dude what's it, from like Fountains of Wayne did most of the work. Yeah. I'm sure he had a blast doing you know? That's totally his wheelhouse.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm
2: all about that guy. Yeah. He yeah. wrote That Thing You Do, right? It's the same guy.
0: Is it? The, the, the song? I think so. Wow. I'm all about that guy. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, he's, he's pretty sweet. I just really like the single, like, a lot. But I watched uh, I watched them on Good Morning America play it live, and it was so bad. <laughs> Why? <Wild. laughs> like, like, Mickey Dolan's is just, like, way off-key. Like, he... It's like he didn't have the stamina to, like, sing two songs in a row. Like, he didn't really, like, look like he cared. Like, Don't he they looked like tour? He... I think it's the two of them, yeah.
2: Yeah, I know Michael Nesmith. He's yeah. too
0: cool. He's way too cool. But he was on it, right? Yeah, oh, sure. Yeah. But too cool to to get the money. Too cool to get the money? Mm. Yeah. Well, that's, that's my two cents. Worth worth listening to the single over and over
1: and
0: over. <laughs> I've heard
2: so many albums that like, I almost reviewed and like almost liked enough to talk about, but not quite.
1: Just a lot of disappointment, more. Yeah. Let's talk about TV. You already know the first one on the list because I said it earlier. It's called The Americans, and I watched it with Colin, and I was like, God damn, this show's even better than it ever was.
2: I agree. <laughs> You said there's robots in this there's one?
1: Robots. Well, robots were more in last season, but the robots kind of returned this season. Um, there's butts. Everybody's butt is in this show. Uh, <laughs>
3: That's a fun game we play. We just see, like, if there's a. This episode <laughs> is TV TVMA, and sometimes it'll say, for nudity. It won't be like, ooh, looks like some butts are afoot. <laughs>
1: uh. It's got twists and turns, and drama, and violence, and, like, two kids, and you're familiar with this trope, like, one of them is the daughter, and she's smart and interesting, and they care about her, and the younger one is the son, and nobody gives a fuck. It's awesome. If you guys missed having a good time by checking out 80s Nostalgia slash Cold War Drama, watch The Americans.
3: Yeah. I mean, (laughs) gotta say though, it is definitely a show that's, it's going for a slow burn and in the early seasons that can feel a little frustrated at times, but kind of now seeing where it's gotten to at this point, it, it, it feels totally worth it now that stuff is kind of happening in a more dramatic way. Yeah. And it's, it's cool. It's, It's refreshing to see when I feel like there are a lot of shows these days that kind of feel the need to sort of come out of the gate firing on all cylinders in their first season or two. And then there's kind of less to do after having done that. And uh, Americans has been very methodical and
1: rewarding. Yeah. I I feel like after every season I was like, this is a show that really makes you fucking work for it, huh? Like... (laughs) Even last year, it was like, well, so they're gonna make me deal with a plot where one of the adult main characters is, like, being pressured into seducing a 16-year-old girl. Like, really? This is, this is what you want to do? Uh, but they handled that with a certain degree of grace, and by this latest season, it's just like, no, shit is all over the place. There aren't enough fans for all the directions shit is flying in. <laughs> Pretty cool. Another show I liked was the CISO exclusive Bajillion Dollar Properties. So I'm just like trying to get the word out about this one because I think they're going to have a second season pretty quick because internet, I don't know how it works. Uh, But I think it's pretty easy to get a CISO trial. And even if you can't, it's like $3, $4 for a month. And you could watch this in a month. Uh, And this show is like a parody of um those like super rich real estate shows and like i think there's a show called billion dollar properties or something i don't know exactly if there's an exact show that they're parodying i guess property brothers i haven't seen that but maybe that uh so it's about this like real estate agency that sells super expensive properties uh, and it's basically just an opportunity for a bunch of improv comedians to come in and play bizarre characters. Uh, on the main cast, there's uh, Paul F. Tompkins as the the guy running the agency, and then you'll see a bunch of other familiar faces like Thomas Lennon and Scott Ackerman uh, as the show goes on as uh, as potential clients. And it's just turned out to be real funny uh, and also like appealing in the way that watching reality TV is so it's kind of like a win-win uh, so if you've been thinking about giving CISO a shot at some point i put this one at the top of your CISO queue wait where can you watch this? CISO what the hell is CISO? <laughs> CISO is NBC's comedy streaming service it's got some original programming like this, uh, but then also it's got like. Uh, what I'm mean, doing like a commercial for CISO? Fuck that! Look, Google it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm just ask you what it was?
3: I know what CISO is just because they I advertise
1: just,
0: on podcasts a lot. <laughs> I just heard about it from a Bim Bam. I still really didn't know what it was.
1: That's right. I, my brother, my brother, and me is gonna do a show on CISO like next year. So if you want to get, like, way ahead and get your <laughs> subscription rolling in, or <laughs> something... Oh,
2: God, another subscription service. Holy fuck. Getting pretty fucking tired of all this.
0: <laughs> For, like, networks that already exist. Yeah, the only one I'm really, like, pissed about is uh, CBS. Yeah. Because it's like, I don't want to do that to watch Star Trek.
1: Oh, but... Did Did you hear? Did you hear?
0: i did not so they're saying like but like here like sean like listen to me like i stopped watching the big bang theory because like that's that's just too much i can't do well
1: good for you but you missed out on so many twists and turns this season i don't even know if we can explain it to you
0: (laughs) did you watch it
1: uh no i'm just assuming
2: what do you think happened? What can we assume was so? Sheldon was
3: him? in a horrible accident. I know that paralyzed he probably from the neck down. He's in a wheelchair now. I, he, I bet, <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm guessing he probably like had sex this season,
3: and it paralyzed him from the neck. Yeah. Down. yeah.
0: <laughs> so he's like Stephen Hawking, kind of. Yeah. yeah. He's in sex shock. And he's but he's like all about being paralyzed because he's like Stephen Hawking.
1: Say so this this exactly. is my prediction for every season of the Big Bang Theory, and it's gonna happen. Raj <laughs> gets a girlfriend, loses the ability to talk to men, and can only talk to women. It's gonna happen. There you go.
2: What if he falls in love with a ghost? <laughs> and
1: he can only, he can talk, only, to only talk to talk ghosts. To- no one's
2: <laughs> That happens after that.
0: So, anyways, tell me what tell me what the big uh, Star Trek news. Was.
1: Brian Fuller got out there and he was like, "Cause it's on the internet, we got no rules," which seemed to be oh, implying f bombs and extreme violence. But I don't see that <laughs> happening like in Hannibal. Star Trek. Yeah,
0: well, beat hey, me the know.
1: fuck up, Scotty. Yeah, it'll, it'll be like Hannibal,
2: right? That's what. I'm gonna say.
1: Set phasers to fuck them up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Who would you like to see play a, a Star Trek captain? Anyone in particular? Russell
3: Crowe. That'd be great. There you go. I'd watch that. If he's that kind of captain. Since days to fuck up. We'll be talking about him later. But uh better call Saul. I just caught up with it. Spoilers! spoilers a week or two ago.
0: Spoilers. I still have to catch up. So basically, right. like since I cut cable, this was like a big line to draw on like what I'm really gonna try to watch and what I'm just gonna wait for to come to Netflix, and this was one of the casualties. No. So, like it's AMC is like the only channel where you know you gotta get some sling TV bullshit to
1: catch up <sighs> on. Uh Better Call Saul is another slow burn TV show. It's just it's so slow. Damn. You don't even see the fire.
2: I feel like a fire never starts, at least in the first season it didn't. It's still good, though. It's
1: still so good, though. <laughs> this season kind of split up into two shows at a certain point, where it's like Jimmy McGill, Upstart Lawyer, and also Mike Trout. <laughs> guy who's pissed off and on a quest for revenge and both pretty cool plots to see one felt a lot more like Breaking Bad than the other um, <laughs> but that didn't make the other plot less rewarding in fact it was uh, you know like watching Jimmy McGill's life it's it's sort of like a car crash in like so, so slow motion that you're like, is it going to be okay but you know he's not you know he's not. And that's what makes it interesting. And it's called Better Call Saul, but he's not even Saul yet after two whole seasons. It's like when's that gonna happen?
0: They gotta draw it out, <laughs> I feel like it might not
3: happen until like the last episode.
0: <laughs> yeah, probably the last episode. Mm-hmm.
3: What about Daredevil?
1: Daredevil. Daredevil's season was pretty cool. The first half of the season's like, what if Punisher was just killing bad guys? Could Daredevil live with that? Could he live with that? And then the second half was like, what if Daredevil had to fight a lot of ninjas? (laughs) And for that reason, I feel like a lot of people didn't like the second half of the season of Daredevil. Uh, But I am of the opinion that there should be more ninja fighting. And so, uh, even though it was dumb as hell, I was all about all of Daredevil season two. Uh, John Barenthal of Walking Dead fame plays the Punisher, and he makes the Punisher seem like a pretty crazy guy, which I think is good. And he shoots guys real good. I mean, we all we all knew that from the Walking Dead and Old Man Boxing movie. Elektra's in it. She's played by that girl From Gods of Egypt oh, Great movie Great movie I'm Keep sure to that 2016. Movie list. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about
3: that in just a bit <laughs> uh, You guys want to talk about something That's basically the same as Gods of Egypt Game of Thrones ah,
0: yeah. oh,
2: I see the link Nikolai uh, Waldo. Uh, yeah it's this season where I'm like, oh my god, this is one of my favorite shows of all time. Because, like, I was afraid because there's a point... Like, last season, they're still kind of using stuff from the books. I mean, they still, they'll they always use stuff from the books, obviously. But, like, now they're past the books. So it's like, what the fuck are they going to do? And they're just going to, like, fucking do everything you didn't <laughs> think they would do. They're just killing people. Like, oh my god, I didn't think he'd die now. And this would happen. What the fuck? And it's like, what's going to happen when those books come out? Like, are these <laughs> just craziness now, but it's been so intense and awesome. It's supposed to be
0: like two different universes
2: now, right? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I bet when the next book comes out, it will be fairly similar, but probably a little different. I mean, there's definitely characters that are dead on the show that aren't dead in the books, so um, there'll be some different stuff, but so many emotional moments and intense moments. The Hodor episode was like one of the saddest moments in the whole show. What was another intense moment, Sean? I guess Battle of the Bastards. Uh, You got to see the Hound's dick. Yeah, a little bit. I wouldn't dwell on that. It wasn't a big moment. <laughs> <laughs> the Hound, he's back. Rory McCann, one of my uh, favorite characters. You got to see
1: that guy in the place, dick. Y-
2: yeah, you got to see that guy's dick, too. I, I, I think Sean's convincing <laughs> me to watch this show. You really should. I, I, it's a really hard sell. Like, if people are like, oh, it's like Lord of the Rings bullshit. But like, it's just a good character drama, and people get killed, and the stakes are really high. It's just a good character drama. Like the magic stuff, you kind of like after a while. There's not like a super ridiculous amount of it. Um,
0: it's like for me, it's it's never been about like. I don't think I'm gonna like. I think I'll I would like it if I watched it. It's just like it seems like a big commitment. Uh, it's just it's just getting i mean it's never
2: been a chore for me to watch it though like i say like everyone should at least try the first episode and if you don't like it then you don't have to keep watching but like i feel like it's pretty hard not to like the first episode Um, and it's it's like it's like the most expensive looking show on tv
1: and like it's so
2: ambitious like the special effects are so good
1: yeah i think technically it's not a show on tv that does as much as game of thrones does right now
2: it's gotta cost like a billion dollars there's these huge elaborate sets and like the cg's really good unlike like i'll like still like see walking dead and they will have like cgi fire and it looks so bad <laughs> it's like not yet rendered <laughs> <laughs> but no this this show looks good plus we had like a you know a couple couple great guest star appearances um ian mcshane max von Sydow. Cause he's just got to be in everything. I'm like so old. He didn't really move much. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But he was good. And some sweet like seeing through time stuff in the season, which sounds stupid, but it's trust me.
1: Yeah, that's the thing about the show is it gets more and more magical every year. Like the first season basically has no magic, but then now there's a lot of magic. Smash, yeah, so fireballs and dragons. So many wizards. There's, there's a lot of wizards. It's, it's like,
0: so take a bath all right. around.
2: It's like, take a bath. Everyone's so dirty. Dirty wizard. <laughs> <laughs> dirty grandpa, dirty wizard. <laughs> what are they going to yeah. make that movie? That'll be a thing. Dirty wizard. Yeah. Ian yeah. e. kevin is dirty wizard. <laughs> 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 and and uh, we're recording this on the... Uh, the same day that the season finale will be on. I, I'm so stoked. It's going to be like 69 minutes long.
3: Uh, the Grinder I never caught up with because I didn't believe that it would survive to a second season, so it seemed like it might be a waste of time. And I was right, but it s- seemed like it was a fun waste of time for sure. Yeah, the
1: Grinder did a great job setting up like a mythology and a tone like pretty much immediately and sticking to it. And as the show developed, the show kind of became about its own failure, which was, like, astounding and bold. And, you know, I saw a bunch of people compare it to, like, Arrested Development, where, like, eventually people are going to catch up with the show and they're going to miss it. And it's not that good. It's not, like, first couple seasons of Arrested Development good. But it was just the first season of a network comedy show, so... Like it's hard to be good at all when you're doing that, and for the grinder to have achieved so much with so little uh, makes me sad that it doesn't get to continue on. So if you never heard about the show, uh, the Grinder stars Rob Lowe as a uh, star of the of the hottest show on TV, the Grinder, uh, that he's just decided to walk away from uh, and moved back to. His uh, small town, I think Indiana. Boise. Boise. Nice. Uh, uh,
0: really paying attention. Sean. Well, it's, it's
1: been a while since the show ended. Um, so Rob Love moves back to, to Boise where his uh, brother and dad have a law firm. They're played by Fred Savage and William Devane. Uh, William Devane and Fred Savage both breakout comedic Devane. performances as far as I'm concerned. Like, Who knew either of them had it in them anymore? They're both so old, right? But they, they fucking nailed it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: They're basically the same age. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, like, William Devane, as the dad, is is so great. Because he's just, like, I don't know. He's aloof and... Uh, he's
0: fucking senile. Se-
1: yeah, he's definitely senile. It's-
0: like, he, how does he not think that... Everything that Rob Lowe does is a terrible yes. idea. Like he's he is one hundred percent on board with Rob Lowe being a real lawyer. It's, it's just, he. I love it. He's, I I mean it much must just be that like he's proud of his acting son. But I I the the one thing that dragged like I watched the whole season and I really liked it. But the one thing that dragged on me kind of in the middle of the season was just like how. Like, how is Fred Savage the only one that's really fighting this? Like, everyone else seems pretty on board besides... Uh, uh,
1: You know, I I, I think it had to be that way. I think that makes the Fred Savage character more uh, appealing, that he's, like, the voice of reason. Uh, And then, of course, they kind of turn that on its head at the end of the season, too, with the whole conspiracy that only Fred Savage believes in and... (laughs) Rob Lowe's trying to go legit. That's, Pr- oh wow, well. yeah, it's pretty good. Goodbye. I was I was surprised. I didn't I, like. I don't know, oh, I, I should also it. mention, best twist on the show was that the grinder, the show within the show, continued as the grinder New Orleans, and <laughs> the showrunner is Jason Alexander. And the star of the new show is Timothy Olyphant, And they both are so great. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Especially t- Timothy Oliphant. Yeah,
1: Timothy Olyphant is... He, like,
0: becomes like, pretty much a cast member for, like, a, you know, a for month. a solid stretch, yeah. It's great. <laughs> yeah.
1: Just the little, like, law show touches make The Grinder really funny. And uh, we'll never get any more of it. Because nobody tried.
0: Well, they tried.
1: They tried. Uh, another thing people weren't trying to get into was Horace and Pete, which is Louis C. K's first new project since Louis basically ended. And uh, it's something he did on his own, in secret, and then released on the internet with zero fanfare. And uh, basically was like, I'm trying to not tell anybody anything about the show because I feel like you should watch it without knowing anything about it. Uh, so I'm going to disappoint Louis C.K. by telling you at least the premise, which is it's a bar called Horace and Pete's that has been run by uh, three generations of brothers, all named Horace and Pete. Uh, the The older generation includes Alan Alda uh, as like this angry, racist old dude, uh, but the current generation that's running it is uh, is Louis C.K. and Steve Buscemi. And uh, they also have a sister, played by Edie Falco, who's like, fuck this bar, it is a horrible hellhole, we've got to sell it, because we can make a bunch of money and then not have to deal with the nightmare that is this bar. Uh, and each episode basically plays out like a play, like he does long, unbroken takes, and it's all set on... the. It's almost entirely set on the one bar stage. Um... It's basically like what I thought Cheers would be in real life. Just like super sad regulars who can't escape. And the losers who run the bar. Uh, but of course they're all sympathetic and tragic figures in their own right. And it was like roughly $3 an episode. And there weren't too many episodes. and uh, As a... Uh, I don't know. I think you view this as just like a production exercise for louis ck if nothing else where he got himself an opportunity to write like he'd never written before and direct like he'd never directed before and act with some of the best actors alive and uh amazingly enough that turned out to be pretty good but also super depressing like the most depressing ending
3: (laughs) i feel like that was kind of the reason he released it so secretly because he was like, you're not going to have a good time watching this. It's almost like half embarrassment or something, (laughs) even though, you know, he seemed super proud of the work he did on it. It's just like, yeah, it's not, (laughs) it's not a crowd-pleasing thing. But like, I, there's a, he appeared on WTF uh, and basically talked through like the entire process of making this show. It was like a two-hour conversation and it was pretty, fascinating to hear him just like going out on his own and making this thing in private and just like doing it for the sake of doing it. Um, but I still haven't caught up mm. with it. I want to, you know, I like depressing stuff <laughs> sometimes, but, uh, but, uh, I guess it, it,
1: maybe it is the $3
3: episode thing. It's held me back. I don't know. I'm, I should check it out. I mean, I out. put
1: it on the... It's on the Xbox.
3: Okay, are you okay with that morally? Should I be paying for it? I mean, no. Yeah, your yeah.
0: your household is paid for <laughs> yeah.
3: it. I guess. That's good enough. Yeah, maybe I should check this out. Uh, something... I don't know if all of us checked this out, but at least three of us did, was The People versus O.J. Simpson. The first... Uh, season of the anthology series American Crime Story.
1: It was the best. It was so good. (laughs) It was good.
3: (laughs) It was definitely a thing where I feel like me and Sean only have a couple of these each year where there's a few shows where you know, we have a TiVo, we record everything, but there are some that we just have to watch, like, the night it airs, and it may, sometimes it'll just be, like, a few minutes after it starts airing, we'll start watching it, because fuck it, if we gotta see commercial breaks, who cares? We gotta we gotta see what happens in this show. Uh, even though, you know, you know everything that's gonna happen, but it was, it was pretty fun sort of seeing it all unfold, because we didn't have really any perception of this case going on even though it was a huge news story back in the mid-90s but i don't know i guess we're just a little too young to be cognizant of that because i don't remember the oj trial at all
1: i just remember it was going on i remember making jokes like did you guys know that oj is also the name of orange juice (laughs) like i thought i discovered that Good, good job
3: Good job. I
2: don't think they made. Did they make any orange juice jokes? I don't recall.
3: I mean, David
2: Schwimmer calls him the juice at least a hundred times. In the first yeah, two episodes. That's, that's, there's no joke about that. That's an undying friendship. That's really tested. I mean, it did die. It did. <laughs> it, was die. A, it was a failed test. Friendship. Fail. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Schwimmer. David Schwimmer. Let's talk about the cast. What a cast! They should all win every award.
3: Except for John Travolta,
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean he wasn't it's bad, but, but was like, he was kind of yeah, mean, he's like best alien performance.
0: Yeah, he's playing just a pretty like, ridiculous first. What's person? the deal with that?
3: I also just got done watching the OJ Made in America documentary, and Robert <laughs> Shapiro is nothing like that. Oh, really? I thought he was. He's just a regular guy, <laughs> regular stoic dude. I don't know what John Travolta is doing. He played him as like a half-lizard baby
2: <laughs> You know, that's funny like Because I, I saw this thing uh, It was an interview, I can't remember which talk show Maybe it was Kimmel? Cause mm-hmm. I guess that exists And it was Courtney Vance and John Travolta And they're talking about their methods for approaching And uh, John Travolta's like, I studied hours and hours of footage <laughs> And Courtney Vance is like, I made sure not to watch anything and just kind of go at it, like, in my own way. And I feel like his Johnny Cochran <laughs> yeah, is so, like, oh, that's just like Johnny Cochran. It's so much more. So it's much like, because he just Cochran. took the character and approached it how it was written. He didn't try to, like, do some goofy accent, wear a bunch of makeup. Um, I think Courtney Courtney Vance should definitely win an award, and I also think... Um, Oh, what, what's your face, From Sarah, Horses, Paulson. Sarah Paulson? Sarah Marsha Clark. She's yeah. she's great. As those well. are the two. Those are definitely the two best. But everyone's good. Cuba Gooding Jr. is good. I feel like he kind of gets kinda, overshadowed, yeah.
1: like going into that show. It's does. like, it's let's see what it's like having Cuba like make his big star turn again. But then you sort of just like forget about that and get wrapped up in the whole rest of the cast.
2: Yeah.
3: I mean, I just got done writing this really long piece for the blog, comparing the two shows. I haven't published it yet, but I I guess the other show being O.J. Made in America, the 30 for 30 documentary that uh, came out just a few weeks ago, Um, and I feel like it's, I think it's even better than The People vs. O.J. Simpson, but it's, you know, different because it's a documentary, and I don't think it does anything to diminish the FX series, because the People versus O.J. Simpson is like just about the case and O.J. Made in America is about everything else surrounding the case and in particular is about O.J. and the FX show isn't really about O.J. so it kind of the two work in conjunction with each other I think.
1: Did the documentary take the stance that he had brain damage from football?
3: No it never took that
1: stance. I know that's a popular argument.
3: I wouldn't take that argument. I think he was just a guy who uh, just was able to achieve this great deal of success and thought he was beyond, I mean, he was thought he was beyond race. I mean, they use that line that he actually said in real life in the FX show where he says, I'm not black, I'm OJ. And he, like, definitely comes off in the documentary as this guy who thought he was capable of everything and... Nicole Simpson, his wife, was someone that he could not control. He could not (laughs) sort of assert his power over her the way that he could charm everyone else in his life into doing what he, you know, accomplished. And that's another great thing about the documentary is actually getting a sense of O.J., the sort of media personality, the celebrity, this guy that was sort of this very charismatic I mean... I don't know if you could have cast that role well for the FX series because it just is like he did seem like this guy who just had this glow around him. Like, everyone who met him was just totally floored and charmed by him. And it's like, I I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if anyone could have pulled that off. Maybe like Will Smith. (laughs) But... They had to get Cuba because no one knew if this show was going to be a huge thing or not it, was, it just kind of came out of nowhere
1: yeah and
2: I think an, another thing to take into account with this show is it really makes you think about wow you know a lot of these issues are still just as big you know as ever with these you know difficulties with race relations and, and everything like it, it still felt
1: incredibly relevant despite taking place 20 something years ago yeah, and that was obviously a deliberate effort. Like, they played up the Kardashians in this show. Oh, yeah. Uh, which was great. Kardashians. I would have loved even more child Kardashians in this.
2: <laughs> Maybe child Kanye? <laughs> I
1: don't know how they would work that into this, but it would have been cool. Yep. Oh.
3: Uh, yeah if if you guys get a chance, definitely check out the thirty for thirty documentary too. It's amazing and troubling and just it's about so many different things and i, I don't know it's it's a really crazy story that it, <laughs> it's weird that we've gotten these two different things about it that came out in like two months within each other but I don't know parallel thinking people. I had to get to the bottom of this case again because there are just so many incredibly fascinating factors that went into it.
2: But is it as good as the 30 for 30 about the Orlando magic? I don't know. Because I, I enjoyed, enjoyed that one too and that's from this year. For mm-hmm. this magic moment. <laughs> it's a pretty good 30 for 30s. I should probably check out that one. Huh? Yeah. Just waiting for the John Daly 30 for 30. Oh, that's such a good idea, right? There's got to be a lot of stuff to draw from. Oh, yeah. It's
0: coming out in the fall, I
2: think. Uh, I've seen some great 30 for 30s this year. Strangely enough, I have not seen the OJ one, though. I mean, it is long. It's a five-part. Oh shit. Ten-hour
3: documentary. But, but I mean, I have started watching it last Sunday, and I was done with it by Friday just because yeah. I was just so locked into it.
2: But if 30 for 30 counts as a TV show yeah. I'm recommending all the episodes that I've seen I, can't, I don't know if they're all from this year I saw the Chicago Bears episode which I really liked And Four Falls in Buffalo About the right. Buffalo Bills <laughs> And how devastating it is to be a fan of them OJ played for the Buffalo Bills I know it all, it's I'm all sure connected.
3: that plays into it
0: <laughs> They
2: definitely mentioned him yeah. Have
0: you seen the Bo Jackson one? I've no that's, that, one. that was a little older though right? Yeah, but that's. I
2: feel
3: like I've mostly just seen the older ones
0: I mean they come out all the time Yeah I was all about the Bo Jackson one It's like look at this guy He's a, a god <laughs>
1: <laughs> And that's it there's no dark side to Bo Jackson right <laughs> He's just a god right No he's yeah. just like
0: a nice guy
3: that is Okay like- think about that That's like the first Two episodes of this OJ documentary. Yeah, yeah, It's like he's a god. He also like ran track and stuff was and was an amazing athlete in that regard. Yeah. And then he fucking murdered someone. Yeah,
0: yeah Bo Jackson is OJ Simpson if he was just like really humble and like retired to a farm to play golf. You know, yeah.
1: <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, I I think the uh, the thing that helped me understand OJ better was someone was like. Imagine if Shaquille O'Neal killed his girlfriend. Like, the way you feel about Shaq now.
3: Yeah, it is kind of like that thing, because he was all over commercials and in movies and, like, bigger than sports. Yeah. So he was he was pretty big. It's just kind of hard to yeah. wrap your mind around it at this point, because we've only known
1: him as the murder the guy. The murder guy. Yeah. Well. And the guy from Naked Gun. The murder the the guy bad. from Naked Gun. The guy who can't get murdered on Naked Gun. Uh, speaking of things that can't get murdered, uh, the Venture Brothers came back again for a very short season this year. Uh, it, it had been, like, I don't know, 16 years since the last season. Like, 30 years since the first season. Uh, but yeah, these are, like, episodes like 40 through 45 or something. Like, this it's just a barely a show. I don't... But... They don't even really have, like, a plot anymore. It's just, like, hanging out in New York now this season. Uh, but... Like, I love the insane cultural references this show makes. Uh, I love the animation style. I've, you know, I've I've grown to love the characters. It's just nice to check in with these guys. Even though it's been, like, what, like five seasons over? Like, honestly, I think more than a decade. Pretty sure I, I was in junior high or maybe very early high school when the show started. But, uh... It's a good time Let's move on to The cinema So 10 Cloverfield Lane is a movie about Is John Goodman a good guy Or is John Goodman a bad guy It's
2: about a few more things But that's a big part of it
1: Is th- is so... the jerk From the newsroom a good guy Or is the jerk from the newsroom a bad guy I
0: guess okay. guessing you're just talking about like that dude. Okay. Yeah, that <laughs> other guy. <Yeah. laughs> he seemed fine. So, which one was Cloverfield?
1: <laughs> this is the one
2: where. Which one of those characters or? No, I can't which remember the movie Cloverfield. Cloverfield's the one with the big monster. And it's okay. like found footage style. Okay, got it. This is not related to that in any. Way.
1: Remember, in any way, it's easy to remember. Cloverfield no. is the one where you see the entire movie from TJ Miller's point of view. Wow,
0: I didn't know it was T.J. Miller So this is not related at all I
2: think what they're trying to do Is say like This could be like in the same universe Kind of like a Twilight Zone thing Like this is just another crazy weird story Uh, And we're going to put it under the Cloverfield name Gotcha So this does have like Some kind of I don't want to spoil it too much But you know like supernatural Not normal shit in it at some point Yeah. But for most of the movie It's just this great like Character piece with these three characters in a shelter underground, and John Goodman's really scary. And they're like, Can we trust him? So, I guess, yeah, that is pretty much the movie that John was saying. <laughs> and like, I remember just watching a chunk of this and being like, You know what? This could be like a radio play. Like, that's it, has that feel to it where it's just these characters interacting and yelling at each other. And it's so intense. The end, I don't know. It, it I, some people probably like it. It's, it's a little out there. I could have done without it. I feel like. The thing about 10 Cloverfield Lane is there's no way they could have satisfied you with any possible like ending. like Because it, it's built up so much, like, what could be going on? That it's a really hard question to answer. I guess I just wish there was like, an ironic twist to it. I mean, it, I don't know. What do you guys think? I think I agree.
3: Because, <laughs> like, it's <laughs> just, just something to tie it all together. Even if not all the
2: loose ends are necessarily tied up, just just something a little more than just what did happen. I feel like that was the one thing that made it not feel like a Twilight Zone to me. Is the ending wasn't quite enough of like a twist. It was probably one of the top like two things I would have guessed, and there really wasn't anything that clever about the reveal of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, some nice effects.
1: So, like, what would an ironic? <laughs> I don't know. It's very. She gets out, and everyone in the world is John Goodman now.
2: You know, like this is this is incredibly stupid. But like, oh, their world is like an an underground bunker of another world, stuff like that. Like where you know that's like I said, incredibly stupid. But I don't know. It just didn't feel that clever.
1: Well, they don't call it clever field. Clever field. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) I know since this, a lot of people have been like, how can we get Mary Elizabeth Winstead to play Ripley in a new Alien movie? She's pretty good.
2: What, oh God, I'm so fucking tired of Ripley, like in Alien movies. Like, I remember, not to go for a tangent, in the Alien quadrilogy and one of the documentary features, you know, Sigourney Weaver's just like, we just, you know, people want to see what happens to this character, like where this character goes. It's like, no. People like care about the alien, like that. Ripley died in the third movie, and then you came up with the most ridiculous plot to bring her back. I'm done with Ripley. Like, yeah,
0: well, too bad. They're like retcon and all that. I shit. mean, she's
2: good in Aliens, but it's not like I watched the first movie and I'm like, oh my god, Ripley is the best character. It's like there's there, there's potential for other good characters in Alien movies, which is why I'm excited for Alien Covenant. But I feel like it's gotta suck, right, with a name like Alien Covenant.
0: Well, isn't it supposed to be just Prometheus 2?
2: It is kind of Prometheus 2, and it's Ridley Scott again. I don't know. It's got Catherine Waterston. She's pretty good. Michael Fassbender's back.
0: It's got aliens. I just can't wait to see, like, Michael Fassbender's head. Like, walking around. I think he's probably going to have a full body. Eh, Yeah, let's just keep his head chilling. (laughs) his little head rolling around yeah he just like rolls around like no one even picks him up he's just like rolling around <laughs>
2: I guess that sounds kind of fun let him roll Captain America no, there's no transition there heard roll it's like what's the transition couldn't find it America. roll, roll on over
0: roll on over to <laughs>
2: Captain
1: America <laughs> because Civil war
2: wow you know just when I thought Marvel movies like I was like I'm so done these are getting all the same Really? I really like this one a lot.
0: So like so like whoa! what you didn't like Ant Man or whatever?
2: Ant Man was okay. I didn't like Thor two. The last Avengers was pretty whatever. And this one I really liked because I was so impressed that it had so many characters, but they're they all had their moment. And we you know, we already knew most of them pretty well and they're all funny. And the action scenes were good and I could understand them like visually. Mm-hmm. And the plot—I think the Captain America movies are the best out of any of the Marvel movies because they have the least to do with magical orbs and cubes and stuff. <laughs> the plots are a little more kind of based in something I can wrap my mind around, and they're just like a stronger emotional story with uh, Cap America and his lover Bucky. Yeah, super boyfriend. Like friends. that's a better—that's a better story to me than like any of the either of the Avengers movies.
0: Yeah, it was kind of like. The best things about the Avengers movies, but still just a Captain America movie. Yeah, it it basically felt like
2: it should just be called Avengers. But me. I but I
0: like I, but at the same time I also felt like it it was a Captain America movie, and like to get ready or whatever I I watched both Captain Americas and both Avengers, and it, it was just as much of a sequel to Ultron as it was to yeah. Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. like completely. So. I felt very vindicated in watching all these movies before I, I went and saw it, and I also saw watched Ant Man for the first time.
1: Oh, nice! That nice, was nice, nice. It's a fun movie. Nice, nice. Yeah,
0: I was all about it. it
2: I fun. think another plus to having a Cap America movie is with all the characters. It is nice to have one central focus you can return to time and time again. Whereas the Avengers movies, it's more it's more split. Though, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people got their their moments here, so I
1: don't know.
0: But, yeah, Captain America is pretty sweet. I wish I saw it a second time, but I didn't. Oof. So,
1: I took that bullet for you. And yeah. then another one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny how, like, really to me, like, the only movie I can justify seeing multiple times is a Star Wars movie. Huh. Like, I, I'll want to go see other movies multiple times, but I just, like, I can't bring myself to do it.
2: That's an interesting question. I, I'd be curious to know, Colin, what's the last time you saw a movie twice? I feel like you and me don't see movies multiple times as much. I can't remember the last time I did that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's been a while.
0: You didn't see Star Wars multiple times.
2: I didn't see Star Wars more than once. Wow. So have you seen I... it since? No, wow. I, I I bet I'll like it a lot second time. I liked it the first time, but I think I'll like it even more. I remember
0: like coming out of that out of Cinerama and like looking at you and being like. I'm worried. I don't think you It's like a lot it.
2: to take in. I
0: liked it. It's just yeah. you know,
2: there's a lot of pressure on a first viewing of something and then once yeah. you kinda have your expectations set, yeah. I feel like you can prepare yourself better for what you're gonna watch. I think I'll yeah. enjoy it more. I,
1: I liked it. I liked it. Don't get me wrong. Uh but that's not true about Captain America Civil War. It's fucking great. It's also probably not true about don't think twice. Don't think about it too much. But uh see the one time I saw it it was pretty good.
3: Mm-hmm. This is a movie that hasn't even been released Officially yet
1: Yeah, suck it, Canada
3: <laughs> We saw it at the Seattle International Fist Fist Festival
1: Fist Festival
3: Where you have to fight During the entire movie
1: the last Barehand Brawl Gets a copy of the movie on DVD, <laughs> DVD. you know they just burnt a copy <laughs> off the internet it's not great
3: <laughs> couldn't get the Blu-ray right yet uh, yeah, I like this movie a lot <laughs> it's hard to even like, I don't know, get into it because I've done a lot of improv and I know about the world of improv and that's what this is about it's about this improv troupe in New York and one of them played by Keegan-Michael Key gets sort of uh, cast on this show called Weekend Live, which isn't even like a parody of Saturday Night Live. It basically just is Saturday Night Live. And uh, yeah, you know, it's one of those movies about people in their 20s figuring stuff out. Yeah, well, except, they're 30s. except they're not in their 20s, they're in their 30s. So it's like people after that period where they still haven't quite figured stuff Steaks out. Stakes are
1: even higher. Yeah.
2: And we saw Mike Birbiglia. Yeah, he was at the screening and
3: talked a bunch after. There was a lady that was in the touring company of Second City in, like, the 60s, and she, like, came up and hugged him. (laughs) It was weird, but it was kind of awesome. So, yeah. There aren't that many movies or TV shows about improv, which is weird, because, like, every well-known comedic actor comes out of improv but for some reason they're only shows and movies about stand-up it's just easier to figure out what stand-up is I guess I don't know
1: stand-up's cooler because all you gotta do is say what's the deal with
3: yeah they're like oh I get it you're doing (laughs) stand-up comedy (laughs) anyways another movie that uh, it's also a comedy it was uh, Everybody Wants Some uh, uh, I Love This Movie I Didn't Think I Would Love This Movie well I thought maybe I would because Richard Linklater is like, my favorite director going at this point but I saw that trailer and I was like right? he's like oh he's going he's... back to that well what the
1: fuck oh Linklater you're done you dummy you done exactly it's like he's
3: just doing Daisy Confused and with characters that are, like, even douchier. Mm, Baseball douche. Baseball douches. But it's... I don't know, he just does it in this really crafty way of sort of bringing us into this world of (laughs) these baseball guys just having the time of their lives and just trying to figure out who they are at college. And and the, the movie takes place like a few days before they begin college, but it's just like one non-stop party and it's a lot of fun it's kind of deep on some levels too like pretty much every link later movie is and it's just uh i'm all about it this is one i think i offered john t- to see it again with i could have potentially see this movie twice i would have been up for it but i'll see it yeah maybe when the blu-ray comes out I'll i'll definitely buy it we
0: should bro out and watch it I'm like I'm very it's interested the, to see how baseball douches could be appealing because they're like the worst people in my mind Yeah, when, kinda, when is it out I wonder they're uh, not
1: even particularly rent. great guys like in the mm-hmm. movie <laughs>
0: like I, I just uh, started a, uh, a summer job umpiring slow pitch softball mm-hmm. <laughs> and like man it's a reintroduction to like the worst people <laughs> <laughs> Like, 99% of people out there playing softball are, you know, they're nice and just trying to have fun don't really care and, you know, everyone's having a good time. But, like, each team has at least one person that is, like, reliving their glory high school days (laughs) and is just, like, arguing with me about shit. And it's like... What are you doing with your life? I mean, that's definitely one
3: thing about this movie is, like, these guys haven't reached that point where they've come to see that they're not that great. So it's almost like they're just so brimming with confidence that it's just ridiculous. Like, these guys are like (laughs) – I don't know. There's just something about that kind of – that kind of overblown confidence when it's not even justified that's just kind of funny just to watch. These guys that just don't have a clue. And then there's, yeah. there's
1: one character who's like that dialed up even further. And like, even all the other baseball douches in this movie hate this guy. Because uh, he's, <laughs> he's like insane. he's Yeah, he's oh, it's so great. <laughs> the bad dog. Yeah.
3: It's, no, it's, it's a really... Great movie that I would put on the
1: level of Days and Confused. That
3: you can just kind of watch it and just hang out with these guys and have just a
1: fun time. It it yeah. made an incredibly positive first impression on me. Like, yeah, but bes- like I've only seen it the one time, but I I feel like already I could say like, besides the before series, this is probably my favorite Linklater movie. Hmm. It's awesome.
3: Yeah.
2: July 12th is when that coin comes out on DVD. And like Blu-ray. three weeks. Yep. And I'll finally watch it. Just like you guys should go check out Finding Dory. I know it sounds like it's for babies. <laughs> <laughs> but not quite. So I, I remember this was uh, announced, and I was definitely not excited. Uh-huh. <laughs> 'Cause it's like, oh my god, they're just they're just milking this this cash cow for all it's worth. But if you think about it, are they really if they're waiting like like thirteen years to do it? I don't know. Maybe they just have these characters and they have more stories to tell with them. Like, you know what, this would be a good
1: dory story. It, it's a it's a trick. It's a trick, right? Because if you saw somebody when you're seven and now you're twenty, you're like, Oh, nostalgia, I love this. But then also, if you're a kid, it's like, check this out. And then also, if you were, like, a reasonable age, if you were, like, 15, like, now you're an adult, and you've got kids, and you're like, oh, I liked Finding Nemo, I'll take my kids to that. It's just, it's it's diabolically genius. So you're saying it's a well-calculated financial... Yeah, it's for everybody. They are are able to... Like a black hole, nobody can escape Finding Dory.
3: I really like that. I feel like it has made a lot of money this weekend so far. Oh, yes.
2: It beat all four of the movies that opened this weekend together combined.
0: I mean, maybe it's just that I'm paying attention more this year. But can you ever remember, like, a period of, like, six to... Six months where like one studio has just dominated no. every single month? <laughs> like Disney has crushed every single month. Like this year, going back to December. Do they have any big releases before
2: Rogue Rogue Ones? Zootopia. No, I mean like oh, from, from, from here on out. Oh yeah. Like is there anything else in the summer and the fall that they're just yeah, Dr. Strange. So, I get that strange. I don't remember when Mona comes out, but that'll do well. But
0: I'm just like saying like between Lucasfilm and yeah, Disney yeah. And, and Marvel. Marvel and Jungle Book and I mean just like everything it's been insane. <laughs> so much money. Meanwhile, I'm sure like Sony
2: or no Warner
1: Brothers it's like, yeah no
0: wonder fuck. Sony is trying to be like mm, yeah let me get some of that Spider-Man action
1: like okay <laughs> you guys can do whatever the hell you want to do uh, and they're killing it with that Spider-Man too you guys following all the casting for Spider-Man oh yeah it's yeah. fucking sweet Sounds like if you're good.
0: like another studio why not just give Marvel control serious
1: <laughs> seriously, seriously <laughs> is Everyone it just like a pride thing like stop it
0: oh yeah for sure oh yeah
2: but as for Finding Dory, I won't go into the plot because I'm sure you guys will check it out at some point. And it's pretty simple, but it's, it's all the right emotional notes and it looks good. I really liked the short that played before. It's one of my favorite Pixar shorts in a while. Take that, Singing Very Islands. Key. Yeah, you goddamn stupid singing volcano. I've, I feel like I watched, I watched, listened to a previous podcast where we talked about that and really they like, trashed it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even that bad, <laughs> that volcano short. But fuck you, Volcano. What's what's next? (laughs) Hail Caesar. Oh, yeah, that came out. Starring Han Solo. Oh, yeah. That guy's so good. That
0: guy's the best part of Hail Caesar. I feel like I need to watch this movie just to... Just for Han Solo. (laughs) I I don't know, from what I've read, Hail Caesar was okay, but not... He was pretty okay, I
1: thought. Mm -hmm. I'll see what these guys are. It's the weirdest of of the Planet of the Apes movies, but I think still pretty
2: good <laughs> I think my biggest problem with it is I came out with a violent illness in the middle of the movie. <laughs> like we're in the theater and like the air conditioner is broken and I start like coughing and hacking and I'm like just mucus everywhere. Mm-hmm. Also Sean is sitting like 10 rows away from the rest of us.
3: He got a better view. We were in like the first yeah, row. I had a it's nice so seat. I made some new friends. That's <laughs> <laughs> <It was> great. <laughs> but but you know, it's... go ahead, Colin Yeah, I feel like with this movie it was kind of written off as like a second-tier Coen Brothers movie, just because like they're just kind of having fun screwed around with Hollywood in the 50s, and that's something they've kind of done before, but I don't know. It's the Coen Brothers, while I always kind of just assume there's deeper things going on in this movie that should be thought about, and I think this movie has kind of Uh, improved in my mind the more as months have gone by. I guess I heard someone make the observation that it is a movie that's basically saying Hollywood is like the new religion. Like, the movie stars we're putting on the screen are our new messiahs, and I think that is basically what the movie is getting at and does it in a kind of interesting and irreverent way, considering they're making a movie that is like a Jesus movie, like a Ben-Hur knockoff and then George Clooney has this epiphany about uh, whatever, communism and stuff and about his place in the world and it's, it is a fun sort of kind of rollick through all the different styles that were kind of going on in 50s Hollywood, I mean there's even a musical number but at the same time it's it's got deeper themes I don't know
1: it's got a pretty funny musical number if you're talking about the one I'm talking oh, yeah. about the one with the sailors no, I, I was
3: thinking yeah I was thinking of the Scarlett Johansson one I don't know if that's a musical number though that's like an aquatics <laughs> ballet yeah, yeah.
1: very number. special
3: but, but yeah <laughs> yeah the Channing Tate one's pretty funny too and maybe the best movie line that I can think of this year they, uh, was that it were so simple <laughs> yeah that's a pretty
1: great scene too. Fucking Han Solo. Yeah, it's a good time. I laughed. I made some new friends. Like I said, good time. <laughs> Shout out a good time. Uh, unlike the characters of the Lobster, which is finally out, John, we finally saw it. Yay! It's good, right? It pretty good. It's on this list. It's I super it's weird. It is weird.
2: <laughs> Doesn't it kind of almost remind you like a little Wes Anderson?
3: Yeah, totally. A like little, the, yeah, the, okay, the stilted, good. sort of dry way that everybody talks.
2: Yeah, like a person will just go up to someone and say, You know, you are ugly. You know, like that's something I feel like <laughs> someone in a Wes Anderson movie would say. This very blunt way of talking that like, yeah. people don't really talk. And then, like, the narration, and sometimes it's how shots are framed. Mm-hmm. But then it's like really dark and a little morose. Colin Farrell giving it his all. Colin Farrell's so good. It's almost a shame that he spent so many times trying to become an action, so many years trying to become an action star, because he's so much better in movies like this and like Seven Psychopaths and In Bruges. He really is a good actor. Yeah, he's got a little bit of a gut. Yeah, he's it's such a sad sack, like a literal sack. And like, he shows it off a lot. It's oh like yeah,
3: his clothes off
2: quite a bit in this movie. And it's so sadistic with like what they do. People that like masturbate and then like blinding people that, that ending man yeah <laughs>
3: it's one that definitely sticks with you
2: i think it's better to leave it ambiguous because i feel like if it ended one way i'd be super sad if it ended the other way i'd be sad so
1: better to leave it <laughs> yeah i guess you're right that is a moment where it's like no matter what happens no matter what decision <laughs> they make it's a bummer
2: so so better to leave it like that i gotta check out yorgos lanthimo's second film the Alps? Because I've seen his first film. can't remember if you guys have seen that one, but it's good I'm scared of it. Dogtooth? Dogtooth I don't think is as scary as The Lobster. I think The Lobster's scarier, so you'd probably enjoy Dogtooth. It's just as weird. Very similar. So weird. Those crazy
1: Greek indie filmmakers. Speaking of... No, they're not that... (laughs) But <laughs> Midnight Special <laughs> uh, came out. It's the the latest. Uh, what's his name? Joe
0: something. Jeff
1: Nichols. Know. is That right? Jeff Nichols. Yeah, because yeah, it's like Mike Nichols' best. And Mike. then uh, and Michael Shannon. <laughs> they're they're back together again. Dream team. Uh, this time because they got a special light baby and they got to get him somewhere. Because he's got
3: a baby. Though he's a little kid. I mean, he's like eight or nine. Okay.
1: You that baby. baby. just a baby Stupid, okay, Light baby. boy. It just light doesn't boy. have the same ring as Light Baby. Yeah. I get it. Uh movie also features Joel Edgerton as Michael Shannon's like go-to guy. And Adam Driver's in here as a scientist. <laughs> a nerd. A nerd. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> but like King of the Nerds. And, uh, and then Kirsten Dunst shows up about halfway through. She's important. But mostly it's just about a family on the run because everybody wants Lightboy.
2: Tell sell me on it, is, there, is it similar to any other movies or any other directors? Like, is there a vibe you're getting here?
3: I it's definitely kind of a Close Encounters oh, yeah. vibe. That sounds good. That's what I want to hear. <laughs> yeah. That that would be the comparison I would go with.
2: Cool, <laughs> I heard uh, Starman was a big inspiration for this. I don't know if you guys ever seen John Carpenter's Starman with Jeff Bridges. It's an okay movie, but there's definitely room for improvement. So. Hmm. if this took parts of Starman and made it better, I'm down. I've seen Star
1: Kid.
2: <laughs> Not the same. <laughs> it's a kid with the alien super yeah. suit.
1: Yeah,
3: it's pretty good. It's the kind of sci-fi I can get into. Cause it's more about the people than the sci-fi shit.
1: And it's set on this planet. Mm-hmm. And it's set at this time. That's, that
3: Yeah, that's that's the time and place that I know.
2: Okay. Cool. Awesome. Good check. And that it's out.
1: cool, like when I say light kid. Like he does more than light up, and that's pretty cool. But lighting up is like the, his signature ability. It's like, you know, Superman flying. Light, baby. Light. Yeah, Speaking light. of <laughs> Superman, uh, Man of Steel co-star Russell Crowe uh, making his redemption run in the Nice Guys movie about guys who aren't so nice.
2: Nancy, you've got to see Nice Guys. So I've heard. It's like it's like Lethal Weapon is back kind of. It's got <laughs> that vibe of like guitar. There's probably some guitar. I don't remember if there's much saxophone, but like it had that vibe of like old school eighties except it takes place in the seventies, but like eighties buddy like uh, yeah. cop flick and it's really funny and there's like pretty good action. The characters are good, lots of good jokes. And it felt to me like Lethal Weapon, but what sucks is it did so bad that they're not
0: going to make any other ones, which sucks because it's so funny and the characters have great chemistry. The thing is, like, why do I need a movie that's like Lethal Weapon when I have the Lethal Weapon television series coming out this fall? <laughs>
2: oh my god, what's that going to be on? Like, CBS? Fox, I believe. It's gonna, like I mean, remember that Rush Hour show that came out?
0: No, I don't remember
2: that. See, no one ever even saw it. I think it's still on. I just feel like that's good. If you gonna should see suck. the trailer, it's it's like, whoa, this is serious. I mean the point for me of like Lethal Weapon is the chemistry between uh Riggs and Murtaugh. And if they're not like it's not Mel Gibson and you know Danny Glover, then why yeah, do but, I give a shit? But John,
0: one guy's white and one guy's black. That's all that mattered. Did they get that part right? They nailed it.
2: They nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> But no, Nice Guys is really funny Shane Black should get to make more movies
0: mm-hmm.
2: I'm not sure why he hasn't made more movies I think he got really fed up With the kind of movies he was getting offered And had to make in the 90s Like Last Action Hero That he kind of stepped away from it for a while Because he's like, these all suck <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like that's just these. something
3: that can't help but happen When you're a writer working within the Hollywood studio system It's like you're never going to get what you want <laughs> out of your art. You're just going to get gobbled up and have your soul destroyed. So I'm guessing that's what happened to him. And, uh, and then he made
1: Iron Man free!
3: And then he made an Iron Man. So at least that let him make this movie, which yeah, it's yeah, a lot of fun. It's almost, like, frustrating how funny Ryan Gosling is in this movie because it's like, what, what can't you do, guy? You're fucking handsome and you can act your way through anything and you're also like super hilarious too what the fuck dude
2: (laughs) ryan gosling has to be like one of the best actors and most handsome actors that is not like successful in movies like i feel like all his movies do
3: terrible (laughs) that's the catch
2: and he hasn't played a superhero yeah that we know at least he's not
3: super rich
2: yeah he's cool he's cool he'll still do indie movies he'll do big mainstream movies there's only a handful of actors that i feel like are cool like that. Like leon Leonardo DiCaprio would never go and do an indie movie. yeah I He's too busy he partying in Ibiza, you know, watching Justin Bieber fight Orlando Bloom. Like, he's got his partying with Johnny Manziel. I can't believe that. He'll just party with anybody. I don't know why I'm going on a rant about Leonardo DiCaprio, but <laughs> why not? <laughs> <laughs> or did you hear about he went to that conference to, to like, talk about, like, Reducing our carbon footprint, but he got there by like private jet. <laughs> Ugh. All right. But nice guys, yeah, nice
1: guys, yeah. yeah. There you go, good, good, good guys, good guys. You nice. Call it. Uh, the last one, speaking of God, on my list was the bitch.
2: Bitch. I like it because it sounds like how Abbott and Costello would say it if they turned around and like.
3: Oh, <laughs>
2: So, this was a movie that was a big splash at Sundance. I don't remember which. I guess the last one. Or the one before the last one. Because this came out in, like, February. And kind of period piece. uh, Like, what, 1600s Massachusetts. And it's really scary. It's about this family, like, banished from their town. I can't remember if they said why they were.
1: It's cool. It opens up with a scene where he's like on trial, and he's like, "You fuckers aren't religious enough," and they're like, "Dude, <laughs> calm down." He's like, "Ah, yeah. if you're not going to be more religious. I'm getting the hell out of here." And they're like, "Are you sure that's what you want to do? You got a family?" He's like, "Hell yeah."
3: That guy is pretty savage. Yeah, he's so savage. He's totally savage. <laughs> the savage
2: reader. He's off the charts. Especially when he's like chopping wood. Yeah, <laughs> that's like. All I watched he the does.
0: trailer. I watched the trailer, and I just. I was like, I'm too scared. I don't want to watch this.
2: <laughs> So they have to go live in some shack in the wilderness next to, like, the creepiest fucking woods you've ever seen. <laughs> and there's, like, I, there's a witch. And, you know, you do get to see her. No, no cop out. Like, tormenting them in, like, bizarre, twisted ways. Um, I think the only thing about this movie that was weird is I feel like it was too accurate. <laughs> like, everyone's talking in this old-timey speak that... It's kind of like hard for me to follow sometimes what, what they're talking about with all the heavy religious references and stuff. And.
1: There's something that Christopher Nolan said that I really took to heart. And this was around the time The Dark Knight Rises came out. And he said, as a member of the audience, you don't have to understand every single word in the movie. And guess. it's a ridiculous thing and I feel like that's a sort of Ed Wood logic like that's what it would be like in real life you wouldn't hear every word uh, but I I loved that this movie was written based off of like old diary entries about like real people who were really paranoid about witches and they extrapolated that into dialogue like maybe people never actually talked like this maybe they only wrote like that but it's it's really fun for me even if it is hard to follow sometimes.
2: Scariest goat too in a movie. <laughs>
1: best goat ever. If you guys, are, if
2: anyone's a fan of Goathead Satan,
0: I don't <laughs> want He doesn't Satan. make. He
2: doesn't necessarily make an appearance, but you know, there's a scary goat in this. <laughs> Black Phillip. Um. And I, Black Phillip. I, I hear. I hear they actually had more scenes playing with Black Phillip, but it was too hard to wrangle <laughs> the <with> goat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> too much trouble.
2: Black Phillip is. He's a great, memorable. Goat character. I'm excited for Robert Eggers. This was his first movie. I don't know, I have no idea where you go from here in your career, but it's an interesting start and a great way to spell witch. Two
0: V's. Forget about it.
1: Well, that's some of the stuff we've liked about 2016. Some people are going to tell you 2016 is the worst piece of shit year that ever lived in the history of human uh, civilization, but it did give us Finding Dory. And a Breaker 3. So, I mean... <laughs> you take the good, you take the bad. It averages out to like a, a D+. At least, I think. <laughs> That's still it's passing. Still passing.
2: Great. Yeah, yeah, sometimes.
1: Usually. Thank you for listening to this. Uh, you can find us on the internet at MildlyPleased.com or on iTunes if you search Mildly Pleased. Those are the only plugs we do. I have no idea if we're going to do T3100 soon or in the far-flung future. Uh, But uh, Rock Talk's going, and Stream Police pops up every once in a while. and Maybe we'll get a pitching tense in someday. Uh, Thank you for listening, and we will speak to you next time.